Well, hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I'm your host, Frank Safiro, and this is the final episode of our second season. Then on this episode, we are going to talk to my good friend Colin Conway about his new release, Charlie 316. This is a book that uh, I was very fortunate in that he approached me to write it with him. So we've co-authored this and uh, it's actually the first in a four book arc that uh, we're working on. We just finished the third book and I feel like the series is getting better with every outing. So we're pretty excited about this one. But before we talk to Colin, I want to let you know that Down and Out Books is the proud sponsor of Wrong Place Right Crime for all 47 episodes now. You will not find a nicer group of people in publishing. Down Out Books has uh, really got something special going on. Eric Campbell, the founder, chief editor, and publisher, uh, assisted by his wife, Christy. Uh, they do great work. And of course, uh, behind the scenes, Lance Wright does all of the important things that make sure a publisher publishes and and does the things that it needs to do. Uh, and he's always quick to respond to an email. Uh, and, and that's very appreciated when you're the writer. And so uh, if you don't know about Down and Out Books, uh, Down and Out Books is a up-and-coming publisher. Uh, I would say a small press in terms of uh, employee size, medium press in terms of number of books published. And uh, they have been described as having an outsized impact on the marketplace. And that's okay with me. A great stable of authors that uh, full of people that uh, that I'm friends with and I'm very proud to be associated with. Uh, and so if you want to find out more about Down and Out Books, you can go to downoutbooks.com. That's Down and Out Books, all spelled out, dot com. Down and Out Books, take the journey with us. And now let's talk to Colin Conway. Well, welcome back to the show, Colin. Hey, Frank. Thanks for having me on. Uh, this is getting to be a habit. You're going to have to stop being so prolific and uh, uh, coming on the show every two weeks. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I've been saving up all these stories just so I could uh, blast them out at the same time to get on your show. That's why it worked. <laughs> well, uh, well, the one we're talking about today is uh, Charlie 316, uh, a book that we actually collaborated together on uh, that's coming out from Down Out Books here on uh, June 10th. Um, but I wanted to start the conversation by pointing out, uh, for people that don't know you, um, you spent five years as a police officer, right? Yes. Uh, but you, for the majority of your life, you've looked at police events, uh, mostly through a civilian lens. And I just thought, uh, uh, you could maybe talk about that a little bit, uh, because you weren't, you were on the job long enough to get a taste of the job, but not so long to have that be your primary lens. Yeah, you know, it was one of those things where I was in real estate and I was uh, approaching my 30th birthday and I took the test for the police department. And it was one of those things where it was um, a childhood dream to be a police officer growing up on Starsky and Hutch and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> you don't want to leave anything on the table. You know, you want to go try it, make sure, hey, is this something I want to do? And, and I did it for five years and it was a great, it was a great job. And, and unfortunately for me, I got involved pretty heavily with the police union. And that was the thing that kind of tainted my experience with the law enforcement. When you say involved, do you mean, what do you mean? Oh, I, I ended up being the president of the police guild. And that changes the way that you look at law enforcement. You start seeing behind the curtain, you see, you start seeing the man behind Oz, right? 
And I, I remember when I was running for that position, uh, another officer on the department came by and said, hey, you don't want to do this. It's going to change the way you look at the job. And I said, no, I won't. You know, I, 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 I've got this under control. And he said, no, you're really a, an optimist. Uh, you, you, this will change the way you, you view law enforcement. And, and he wasn't, he wasn't wrong. I mean, I got into that and, you know, less than a year later, I was leaving the department because it, it, it radically changed the way that I, I thought about our culture. Um, and it's not that I, I disliked law enforcement. It's just that it, it, it eats you up inside of dealing with the union. So I left, I went back into, to the real estate world and I still look at when there are news events around uh, the law enforcement community. I look at this with a, an eye of both a civilian and um, a guy who's had that experience of being inside. And I think that that gives me a little bit of a perspective, not a, not the same perspective as, as somebody like you who's had, you know, 20 years of experience and who went up the ladder. But I still think it gives me a little bit of an insight of what what it's like. Do you feel like you are able to then put yourself in uh, that that reasonable officer position and look at the situation through that lens where a lot of people maybe in the civilian sector don't take the time to maybe explore that possibility? Yeah, I think that that's one of those those experiences that I have that that do allow me to see let's let's use the shooting for example um that occurs you know you don't jump automatically and say oh it's it was a bad shoot because you've got to you've got to wait for for things to to come out and and understand how did this play out what what's the rest of the 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 evidence what's the the totality of the situation It, it does give me a little bit more of a pause on that where you know maybe some of my friends and family would jump to a different conclusion, and I'm not saying that I won't end up at that same conclusion as them <laughs> after a period of time. I mean, um, but uh, it does give me that ability to to take a step back and look at it from a different viewpoint. Uh, well, you mentioned police shootings, which we both know happen uh, more frequently than anyone would like. Uh, obviously, f- can and should come under great scrutiny. Um, but you used the uh, the premise of a police shooting as the jumping off point for Charlie three sixteen, the the book that we uh, are here to talk about. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that we see in the news a lot about officer involved shoot, uh, shootings, uh, where the 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 police officer is a, a white male and the citizen uh, is a black male. And in this story, I thought about flipping the script. What would that? What would it look like if the police officer was was black, the citizen was white, and the officer was actually a golden child, if you will, uh, within the city and within the department? He was held up constantly as uh, one of the brightest and best within the department. What would happen to the department at that point? What would be the political fallout uh, to a shooting? like this. Um, and in the backdrop of this story, there is another shooting that had occurred just a few days ago that is very similar to the the shootings that we all uh, are familiar with right now uh, that takes place in Philadelphia. And the city and the, the police department are weighing those considerations at the same time as they're dealing with this. So, so it, it, there's a lot of political 
intrigue um, that's taking place, uh, as well as the investigation into the actual shooting itself. Uh, and the shooting is always, maybe I shouldn't say always, but it's rarely uh, as clean cut as people believe. And that's what occurs in this uh, story. So just so I understand, so you're saying that in, in most actual police shootings, it's it's never as clear cut uh, or rarely as clear cut as people would like it to be. And you're mirroring that uh, in this book. Yeah, I think that that for, for somebody who's on the outside of a police shooting, it, it, it's very hard for somebody to say, oh, he shot this person over here and they weren't at the they weren't at the moment. They weren't they weren't involved with the officers. Um, they weren't in the officer's head. They weren't there. They didn't see what happened. They didn't. They weren't part of that um, moment. And so there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking that occurs in those situations. And unfortunately, that does a lot of harm to the investigation before the investigation's ever complete. And then so what you've got is you've got all this noise out there that by the time the actual investigation is complete, um, that the the department and the city has to compete with, even if the shooting was done correct, all this other negative information has occurred out there. Uh, but there is a question in this uh, novel as to whether this was a good shoot or not. Pretty quickly, that becomes apparent. Very quickly, yeah. We knew the story from basically beginning to end with Charlie 316 before we ever sat down to write that first chapter. And it was an amazing experience because... Uh, it was like being on a freeway that whole time. Yeah, it happened fast. I think we wrote it once we started putting actual chapter words together after the outlining. Yeah, it was an incredibly short process to get the initial book done. And then we batted it back and forth with edits and such. But to get it done was a lightning fast. And it was the fastest I've ever seen something come together uh, like that. And I, it was one of those things where... I would write uh, a chapter or two and then I'd hand it off to you and, and I, you know, I'd go about my day. I'd go about, you know, doing my real estate job, that type of thing. And then I'd come home at night and there'd be two new chapters (laughs) from you. And, and then I, you know, I'd be working on it all night long and first thing in the morning and I'd send it back to you and I'd go about my day and I'd come home and there'd be another chapter or two. And that's how it went for several weeks. Yeah, that, the whole book had a feel of like when you meet another writer uh, friend for coffee and you sit down and you talk about writing and you go back home, you're all jazzed up and, you know, super excited. It's like you just watched Rocky or something, you know. Uh, but it was like that for me the entire, uh, you know, course of the of, of the pro- of the project. Exactly. Exactly. That's how I felt uh, the same way. Um, just everything was on high speed the, the whole time. It was it was an amazing experience, and we're not talking about a short book. It's in the ninety thousand range, so it's for a mystery. It's actually uh, a little heavy, but it went fast. I, I completely agree. There's a detective in this book that you wrote. Uh, the detective's name is Wardell Clint, who he is prone to conspiracy theories, and I loved when you would send your chapters back. They were always this amazing experience to read what you had written. Some of them were just wildly entertaining, um, but they would also be detailed oriented with what he was investigating. 
but then they would go down these rabbit holes with his conspiracy theories uh, right in the middle of it. And so it was always um, just a, just a fantastic experience. I guess that's the best way I can ex- explain that. See, I, I had much the same experience when I would get back the uh, city hall chapters that you mostly handled. I, I found the political angling and the you know house of cards sort of approach that some of the characters are taking just as fascinating. Uh, so, and I, I think that's probably what made it such an enjoyable experience both directions is because not only were you writing a book, but you were getting to read a book at the same time. <laughs> so it's it's kind of it's pretty cool in that regard. W- would you say it's true that uh, that the subject of racism is one that is uh, a subtext in this novel? Definitely, yeah. That's one of those things that we had hoped to to discuss, and it's a, you know, obviously a very serious subject in our country, and it's one of those ones that we wanted to have as a backdrop. We didn't want to make it as a, a hammer. Uh, we didn't want to be banging people over the head with it. But it's one that we wanted to have as a discussion point. With the book uh, coming out here in June, what was it about the book that was most interesting to you? Most interesting to me? the you know I would think that the, the most interesting thing to me for this story was the, the various types of motivation that we found for the characters. Um, Some of them were motivated by personal greed, obviously, but some of them were motivated by a higher calling, whether that be their perceived um, duty to law enforcement or duty to city hall. Um, Some of them were motivated by family, but I think that that was, that was the interesting thing to me is that how we, when we were working through this, we always had to keep those, motivations in mind what was motivating this person throughout the book throughout the scene um yeah i think that that was the thing that i found most interesting what about you uh i would say i liked the way we approached it with a great deal of ambiguity in a lot of places how we really explored the gray of a lot of different situations and characters and actions and that uh, uh, certainly some things were clearly right or clearly wrong. Somebody being a racist was wrong. Somebody hurting somebody uh, uh, was wrong. Uh, but there was a lot of room for perspective and perception and ambiguity. And, and I, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, and it was a big, a big draw. Really was an exciting piece of the story for me. Nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, Charlie 316, which... Uh, uh, I do remember you were concerned people might not know what that is. What What is it for the listeners out there? It is a police call sign. And it is also the title of the book, which will be out June 10th, uh, 2019, uh, available from Down and Out Books and pretty much anywhere you can get books, you can get it. Uh, pretty excited to see it come out. It's got a cool cover and a great story, Colin. I appreciate you coming up with the idea and inviting me to be part of it. And thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Frank, I appreciate you uh, helping make that story come to life. If it wasn't for you, I I would never have been able to get that done. So you made it happen, man. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. Well, there you are folks. Uh, Good, good discussion with Colin Conway about Charlie 316 came out on June 10th. Pretty excited about this book. I think it's one of the best books I've ever written. 
And uh, I believe the two sequels that we've completed already uh, are, are actually even better. I'm really excited about the saga of uh, Officer Tyler Garrett and everyone around him. And I hope you come along for this uh, journey. Uh, he didn't mention it, but uh, Colin is also the author of the 509 series, which is set in eastern Washington. And it's kind of cool because it's a group of stories, uh, novels, that feature an ensemble cast of characters and somebody gets to be lead uh, in in any one book and um, and they might be a secondary or tertiary character in another book uh, and so you get a, a really good look at uh, everybody from a lot of different people's perspectives and you get to hear uh, some different kinds of stories that way first book is called the side hustle and uh, I believe that's free so uh, if you want to give Collins work a try without even spending any money you can get the side hustle and check out his work uh, he's a very good writer uh, and now, uh, before we close out the season here, uh, I wanted to talk about the fate of the show. And as ominous as that as that sounds, I don't mean it to be. I am committed to continuing Wrong Place, Right Crime, uh, at least through the third season. Uh, but uh, as the show has gone on, it has evolved. Little pieces have dropped off and other things have been added. Uh, the biggest change probably came when I added the open and shut episodes in between the feature episodes. Uh, but I'm kind of at a crossroads and I'm not exactly sure how I want to continue when it comes to season three. And so I'm turning to you, the listener, to give me some feedback and let me know what it is that you would like to see. Because honestly, you are the first consideration as the listener, and therefore I want your opinion. So I created a, a very short survey uh, at SurveyMonkey. Uh, and so if you go to the Wrong Place Right Crime website or check me out on Twitter or on Facebook or my blog, All the Madness in My Soul, uh, which is at franksafiro.blogspot.com. At any one of those places, you'll find the link to a very short survey at SurveyMonkey. You can burn through it in a minute, five minutes, if you want to make some comments. And I'm asking a few uh, key questions. And just to create a tiny bit of context before you go there, uh, the directions I'm considering as possibilities for the show uh, next season uh, kind of break down like this. Uh, I can make no change continue to do one monthly long-form episode that runs about an hour and uh, has one guest, book reviews, the flash-forward guest interview, uh, and then do the open and shut episodes the remainder of the week. Those are about 8 to 15 minutes long. That's what I'm doing now, uh, and I can continue to do that. And if that's a format that you like, please let me know. Uh, if you prefer the long-form only, no open and shut episodes, uh, you like the deep dive and would like to see me do that and you're not interested in the shorter episodes, uh, then that's another option. Uh, I could switch to the short form only. Uh, in other words, only do open and shut episodes and uh, do them weekly. And so you'd get a weekly show of anywhere between 8 and 15 minutes, uh, very similar to what you just listened to with Colin uh, without this, this part that we're doing here. Uh, another option uh, is to continue to do the short form weekly uh, but maybe allow some latitude for slightly longer episodes uh, when warranted. 
so maybe just uh, be a little more loosey goosey there, but generally go for that shorter form as opposed to that deep dive long form. Uh, those are kind of the different options that I'm looking at. The other things I'd like to know from you, you know, is do you get anything from the book reviews or is that something that I should drop? Uh, same thing with the flash forward guest interview. Do you enjoy that? If I'm doing the long form, do you enjoy that? Or would you be all right or prefer that that be, be dropped? Uh, and then there's a few other questions that I'm exploring. Like I said, it takes maybe three minutes on average, probably to complete this quick 10 question, click it and, and move on sort of, of survey. Please give me your feedback. It matters a lot to me. Uh, I have a couple of months to decide which way to go. And the more responses, uh, the better I can uh, gauge what it is that you would prefer to hear. So with that, I will say thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, giving me a reason to do 47 episodes already of this podcast. And I look forward to season three in whatever form it eventually takes. Until then. This is Frank Zafiro reminding you, sometimes you got to be in the wrong place to write crime.